24. The Suspicion Chapter 1 Go forth, mighty warriors! Go forth into space! All the galaxy shall tremble before the Helmicrons! All will obey us! All will be our slaves! For only we are truly worthy to be lords of the universe! Posthumous Exhortation of the Emperor From the log of the Helmicron ship Galaxy Blaster My name is Cassie there are a lot of things about me that I can't tell you. My last name, for example. Or my address. I live in a paranoid world. I wish I didn't, but I do. And I have no choice but to conceal, to lie, to mislead, even while I am desperately trying to tell the truth. You must know the truth. You must accept what is happening to Earth, to humanity. Because only by knowing... Can you fight the terrible evil that is upon us? I am referring, of course, to the Yurks, not to the Helmicrons. The Yurks are a parasitic species from a far distant planet. They originate in an aquatic environment, a Yurk pool. At some point in their evolution, they moved out of the safety and sensory deprivation of the pool and evolved an ability to enter the brains of a species called Geds. For a long time, Millennia, maybe. They were content to go that far. They did not know about space travel or technology at all. Like humans, they did not know of the existence of other species in the galaxy. At least, that's what our Andalite friend, Axe, tells us. I'm sure it would be fascinating to study the evolution of the Yurk species. Kind of like it must be fascinating to study cholera or typhoid. Study with care. Because as far as humans are concerned... The Yurks are a disease. They are spreading throughout our population. They enter through the ear canal. They have the ability to thin out their bodies, displace the portions of the inner ear that are in the way, and drill into the skull. There, they flatten their bodies out, sinking into the crevices on the surface of a human brain. They tie into the brain, like you or me accessing a computer with a keyboard. They can see all of your memories. They know all of your thoughts. All. And they can control you utterly and completely. They move your hands. They move your feet. They aim your eyes and tilt your head and make that familiar smile everyone knows is yours alone. We call them controllers, the slaves of the Yurks. The Horkbashir people were the Yurks' first great alien conquest. Then they infiltrated the Taxons. They have had skirmishes with a dozen other species. But now they are after their greatest prize. Homo sapiens. Humans. Humans with fingers more delicate and capable than any taxon or hork or ged. Humans who could be fed almost anything, unlike the bark-eating hork or the eternally ravenous cannibalistic taxons. Humans who exist in numbers far greater than all those species combined. We are the perfect host bodies. Not as dangerous as a Hork-Bajir can be, 
but infinitely more adaptable. Billions of unaware, skeptical human beings. We look to the Yerks, like Aztec Gold looked to Cortez. We could be the solution to all their problems. We could give them the sheer numbers to explode from Earth and ravage every other species in existence. Fighting against this evasion are the Andalites. Outnumbered, outgunned, unprepared. Like firemen trying to put out a firestorm that leaps from building to building, the Andalites try to outsmart and outfight the Yerks. Sometimes they win. Other times... The Andalites came to Earth to crush the Yurk invasion. Instead, they were destroyed. Axe, our friend, Aximili Esgaroth Isthil, made it to Earth and survived to join us. His brother, Prince Alfangor, also made it to Earth. Knowing he was about to die, he gave us the ultimate prize of Andalite technology, the power to morph, the ability to touch any living animal, absorb its DNA, and then to literally become that animal. And who is us? Me, my best friend, Rachel, Jake, our very cute and very fearless leader, Marco, Jake's best friend, Axe the Andalite, and Tobias. Tobias is the living downside of morphing. See, there is a two-hour limit. If you stay in morph longer than that, you stay permanently. Now you know. Now you see what we Animorphs are up against. And now you see why we really didn't need a second alien invasion of Earth. I mean, isn't one enough? Chapter 2 Oh, great Emperor, the most wise, the most far-seeing, we have at last found a planet ripe for conquest. It is a very large planet, filled with very large species. But the larger they are, the lower they will be brought, as they cringe and tremble before our unstoppable might. From the log of the Helmicron ship, Galaxy Blaster. Cassie, what are you doing? I stood up, feeling the ache in my back. I was in the bed of my dad's pickup truck. I had just lifted a somewhat rusty bicycle up there to join the rest of the stuff we were giving away. I wiped the sweat from my forehead and looked down at Rachel. As always... She looked like she'd just stepped off a page of Mademoiselle magazine. Rachel is the only person alive who could be run over by a bus, buried in a mudslide, and thrown two miles by a tornado, and somehow emerge from it with perfect clothes, perfect hair, and perfect makeup. Sometimes I swear it's something supernatural. Whereas I had spent the morning mucking at the stables, giving a suppository to a very annoyed Canada goose, and then collected giveaway stuff for a run to Goodwill. And I looked... Well, I looked like I'd been run over by a bus, buried in a mudslide, and thrown by a tornado. I'm working, I said grumpily. Maybe you should try it sometime. Rachel wasn't at all offended. I just have two words for you, Cassie. Ralph, Lauren. It's one thing to wallow in dirt, but do you have to do it while wearing boys' jeans from Walmart? That's why we have Ralph Lauren, for the outdoorsy types. I slid down to the ground, then I grabbed a dirt clod near my feet. Come here, I just want to see if it's even possible for dirt to cling to you. Do not throw that dirt clod at me. It's an experiment. I have to know whether you're really human. 
You're like the undead, only you're the undirty. I did a gentle, underhand lob of the dirt clod. Rachel calmly snatched it out of the air and let it drop. Okay, show me your hand, I demanded. That was wet dirt. It should have stuck to your palm. Rachel laughed and refused to show me her hand. So here we are. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. We have no mission, at least as far as I've heard. You going to work the rest of the day? Or are you going to come with me to the mall, buy a new bathing suit, and then come with me to the beach? I need to refresh my tan. My tan is already pretty fresh, I said. And I do not want to spend the day baking in the sun while you look at guys. I have stuff to do. Rachel crinkled her face. Hey, what's that? What's what? I followed the direction of her stare. She was looking at an old, hand-operated water pump. It wasn't something we used. It was more of an antique than my mom liked the look of. Attached to it was a small, silver object. It's a toy, I said. A toy spaceship. Star Wars or Star Trek or Star something, I guess. I pried the little thing off the pump. Huh. Must be magnetized. You look worried. I shrugged. Coincidence. I looked around to make sure no one was listening. The pump is where I hid the blue box. You just unscrew the mechanism from the base plate, and it's in there. That's where you hid the blue box? You have a better place? The blue box has some official Andalite name. Several, actually. It's the device they use to transfer the morphing power to an individual. A kid named David found it not so long ago. We'd used it to make him an Animorph. But David hadn't handled the power well. David was a rat. Literally. He would live a rat, die a rat. It wasn't something I liked thinking about. In any case, once we'd gotten the box back, I'd been the one chosen to hide it. And now a toy spaceship was attached to it. I lifted up the silver toy and examined it. It was about three or four inches long. It was shaped like a baton, with three clusters of three long tubes at the far end, and a fierce alien death's head bridge at the front. I grinned at Rachel. Romulan? Marco would know. Or Jake. I guarantee you, either of them would be able to take one look at this toy and give you a ten-minute explanation on what show it's from and what stories it was in. I'll throw it in with the other Goodwill stuff, I said. I did. Then, I looked up at the sky. Bright sun peeking through fluffy clouds. Okay, I'm not a beach person, but this day is too good to waste. I'll go with you. I'll just go find a pair of my mom's Bermuda shorts to wear. The big, striped ones. The look on Rachel's face was perfect. Horror, struggling with disbelief. Kidding, I said. Just kidding. I'll go get my suit. You are so easy sometimes. Chapter 3 Most powerful emperor, lord of the galaxy, disaster has struck your bold minions. Our engines have malfunctioned. We searched the planet for a power source we could tap. But now, even as we replenish our strength from a strange source of transforming power, one of the alien monsters of this planet has attacked. We have sustained damage, but we are undaunted. 
Perhaps the weak and unworthy captain of the Blanched Crusher will assist us so that we may achieve everlasting glory. From the log of the Helmogron ship, Galaxy Blaster. We spent a couple of hours at the beach. I have never been so bored in my life. I'm sorry, but I basically hate the beach. Still, Rachel enjoyed it, and she is my best friend. We wore our suits home, and it wasn't until I was walking up the driveway that I realized Jake was waiting. Jake is the leader of the Animorphs, mostly because he's the only one with enough sense of responsibility to take on the job. And to be honest, I kind of like Jake. As in, like. He's Rachel's cousin, and the two of them are very similar in the way both are brave and bold and decisive. But Rachel has an edge of recklessness that Jake doesn't. And Jake is almost as oblivious as I am to clothes and makeup and all that. Jake's always coming and looked like he wanted to hide. It suddenly occurred to me that he'd never seen me in a bathing suit. Now I wanted to hide. Hi, he said, giving a little wave and keeping his eyes rock steady on my face. Oh man, this has got to be trouble, Rachel said, loudly enough for Jake to hear. Okay, Jake. Whose butt do we have to go and kick? Normally, he would have smiled. But he just swallowed, darted a look at the rest of me, blushed, and once again, grimly focused on my face. He thinks I look dumpy, I muttered to Rachel under my breath. Cassie, you are so hopeless. What you know about guys could fit on the head of a pin. Good grief. That's not a, she looks dumpy look. That's a, whoa, she looks hot but I better not show any reaction, or she'll get offended, look. We came up to where Jake was standing. I, uh, I brought some stuff over for you to take to Goodwill. Remember, you said I should. So I did. Some stuff and all. I gave it to your dad, and he took it. He just left. I had to admit, this was more stammery than Jake usually got. Rachel had drifted around behind him, so she could roll her eyes and do a mean parody of him looking embarrassed. I was fighting the urge to laugh when I spotted something that made me freeze. There was another toy spaceship attached to the water pump. I leapt toward it. Jake, did you get this off the truck? I asked. What? No, what is it? I looked hard, blinked, and looked again. The toy spacecraft was back, only it wasn't the same. This one was shorter, broader, with two big engines at the back instead of the cluster of smaller ones. And the Death's Head bridge was different too. Still a Death's Head, but different. It's not the same, I said to Rachel. It's similar, but it's not the same. Rachel stopped rolling her eyes. Jake looked at each of us, puzzled. And then, to our utter amazement, the little toy ship separated from the water pump, turned to a level position, and flew swiftly away, missing Rachel's head by inches. What was that? Jake demanded. Rachel shrugged. We thought Romulan, she said. Jake, do you know what's hidden in that water pump? Of course I do. He shook his head slowly. Then, he snapped into his leader mode. Okay, the weekend just got cancelled. Cassie... You and Rachel morph right now and get to the woods 
and bring back Tobias and Axe. I'll find Marco. Back here in half an hour. Go. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, no real announcements this week. Thank you all for listening. Uh, new book, exciting stuff. Well, I mean, it's the Helmicrons. <laughs> um, I don't know. No messages this week. Um, sorry, it's very hot, and I'm a little, uh, feel a headache coming on, so let's, let's power through. Okay, uh, if you'd like to send me something, you can do that through, uh, my Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. On Tumblr, that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Or through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with the D in the middle. You can also reach me on Twitter at audiomorphs. Uh, that's also where you should check if there's anything up with the podcast. I will be putting updates there. Speaking of, I believe the Spotify issue has been resolved. It looks like it just sort of uh, fixed itself. If you still can't find it on Spotify, please uh, reach out to me at uh, any of the aforementioned contact points, and I will do my best to figure something out. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just upload the RSS feed. I'm no programmer. If you like the show and use Apple Podcasts and would like to leave me a rating and review, I sure would appreciate it. Um, be sure to check out my website, The Apocalypse. That's where you can find all my other uh, projects, such as uh, my rewatch podcast with my friend Art. We're rewatching Riverdale currently and uh, just entered season five. Although I don't think I've uploaded any of season five just yet. I've been a little behind on those edits, uh, but that's okay. Uh, season five is really good, everyone. Spoilers. So um, if you're thinking about, I don't know, if you're like, hey, I should listen to someone talk about just season five of Riverdale, now's a great time to jump on. All right. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>